When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, hello there, you tallywackled ticklers. It's your pal, Kevin Goatee. You know it's time for a brand new episode of Gutting the Sacred Cow. This week, Natalia Reagan joins us for the first time. And boy, does she knock feminism back to 1961 when she goes after the absolute chick flick classic, Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's right. Every single woman in college had this poster on her dorm room wall, and guess what? She's not impressed. Well, who is joining me as guest host today? Oh, that is a secret that is well worth keeping. Let's see if Natalia Regan can really just sock it right to Audrey Hepburn in that dumb song from the 1990s. Gather round, here's what I know. You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. Guest host, oh, yeah. Kevin Israel. Oh, twice now he's back. Kevin Israel, name that film. Uh, God. You know what? I think even if I knew it, I would pretend like I don't just to keep with the brand. <laughs> Our guest today is Natalia Reagan. Natalia, welcome to the show. Do you know what quote that movie is from? God, no. Uh, I, mm, I know back off, man. I'm a scientist, but not that yeah, one. It's, it's not, it's not. I, nope. For a second, I thought it was Ghostbusters, but it's not. It is not. Kevin Israel, I'm very disappointed in you. I thought you would have nailed this with ease. That would, be, of course, be the first Spider-Man movie. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time. I'm sure well, with all the memes out there, I thought you would have hung yeah. your craw. Yeah. Kevin Goatee and old reliable Kevin Israel here. <laughs> Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best goddamn movie review slash movie debate podcast out there where we invite a guest to pick a film they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. But the twist being you must choose a film that is widely beloved, critically acclaimed, or a financial success, us giving the platforms to those with unpopular opinions about popular films. How's that for an elevator speech? That was, I, I'll, I'll donate. Excellent. Take my, my money, please. And that's what you say. And of course you can do that by emailing us at guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com to advertise. So I can oh, take your money. 
Yeah, isn't it good? Breakfast at Tiffany's is the film of choice Natalia has chosen. I have thoughts. Kevin has thoughts. But let's get into some facts first. A 1961 budget. At the time, two and a half million bucks. A box office haul of $14 million. Now, 20, uh, sorry, 1961 money to 2023 money. Ooh, that's where this gets fun, right, kids? A budget of two and a half million dollars. In today's money, that's $25 million. A box office haul in 1961 of $14 million. And of course, a box office haul in 2023 money, $140.8 million. Nothing to sneeze at. No. Nothing to sneeze at at all. IMDB, folks, one through 10 with decimal points. Natalia, what do you think Breakfast at Tiffany's got in the old IMDB? Oh, God. Um, I'm going to go with an 8.4. 8.4. Kevin Israel. 7.8. 7.6. Ah, no. not that far away. Kevin Israel, Rotten Tomatoes, you're very well aware is a scale one through 100 percentage points of course what did the critics give this film oh i feel like the critics love this movie i'm going to say an 88 88 natalia reagan Ooh, i'll go with 85 88 someone's got two showcases on the fabulous Damn. prices right yeah buddy He's done this for 160 some episodes. <laughs> I feel better. I feel you'd, better. Okay, thank you'd, you. You'd, fi you'd figure he'd get better right, right around now. Let's go <laughs> back to you, Natalia. What do you think the audience gave Breakfast at Tiffany's? Ooh, it's such a beloved film. College girls have their posters all over their rooms. Um, <laughs> That's in my um, notes. How dare you? <laughs> it is. It's so true. Uh, but, 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 I'm going to go with 90. 90. Kevin Israel. 72 91 she wow. wow right on top of you two are both on top oh my of god game. yay way to go and tell you jesus quotes timber that's <laughs> the only quote i have from this film this is not a quotable film kevin israel any quotes out of you uh yeah but i think i transcribed it incorrectly but i'll just say it the way i remember it fifty dollars for the powder room <laughs> natalia any quotes jump out at you cat <laughs> i guess the cat didn't have a sag card did he no no not no taft hartley there <laughs> nice inside baseball reference you know five fun Facts. Do you want to take a stab who Truman Capote wanted to play Holly? Huge hit. Do you know this for do you know this or are you guessing? I know. Kevin well, is your... I know what the uh yeah, I do, I, I think I do know this. So you maybe I go let's try Defer. Kevin. Kevin, who do you think I have no I have no idea. No idea. Natalia, what is your guess? Marilyn Monroe. Correctamundo. Truman Capote said the Paramount Pictures double-crossed him in every way when they casted Audrey Hepburn. Instead, the outspoken author proclaimed, it is the most miscast film I've ever seen. Turning down the film, uh, I don't think you're going to get either of these two, Shirley MacLaine and Kim Novak. Wow. You know, having no, I knew nothing about this movie. But I think I think, it, yeah, I could have seen Marilyn Monroe in it. I think that would have definitely been better casting for the part that it was. 
I agree. She, yeah, I definitely. Well, I, I have some thoughts on this uh, about being because they didn't think that she could handle the quippy language and the the shrewd character and being so, you know, charming, which I think is a big problem with how society views women that are uh, sex symbols. They can't no. they can't be smart and funny. They can't. Number two, Blake Edwards wanted who to play uh, the George Papard role, but he was still under contract and under control of television would not allow him time off. Who did they originally want? Huge name in the 70s. I'll, I'll say that even six, 60s later on, but 70s for sure. Huge name. I'm so bad with these late generation, these early generation actors. I don't know. Give me a guess, one of you, quickly. Jack Nicholson. Nope. Israel, nothing. Nothing. Steve McQueen. Oh, like a duck. Blake Edwards also suggested Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis was interested, but the producers were not. <laughs> Tiffany's, the department store, opened on a Sunday for the first time since the 19th century to allow filming. 40 armed guards had to work on the floor to prevent thievery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of uh sterling silver telephone dialers that must have been wanted to be stolen by the, the the cast and crew can never have too many well the obvious i have to call attention to mickey rooney quote i was <laughs> downright ashamed of my role in breakfast at tiffany's and i don't think the director blake edwards was very proud of it either he was more defensive in 2008 after a sacramento screening of the film was canceled and after there were protests over rooney's portrayal they hired quote they hired me to do this to do this overboard and we had fun doing it never in all the 40 years have we made it not one complaint every place i've gone people in the world have said god you are so funny what okay what yeah. you know didn't say that probably all three of us yeah <laughs> with it just taking me or, or any asian people and yeah, right. uh, Truman Capote was not a fan. He thought that, I mean, even back in 1961, he was like, this isn't cool. Like, no, <laughs> no, dog. Last and not least, the studio made sure she wasn't seen as a call girl. She was described by Paramount Pictures as a quote unquote kook. And a press release was written and sent out during filming, which quoted the actors in the film, deferring the term kook. Producer Martin Juro, a kook is a kitten who will never grow up to be a cat. <laughs> It's yeah. funny because the uh, the yeah. the Amazon description of the movie specifically says "call girl." Oh, does it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they should, they should say a whore who doesn't bang. And I and I kept looking at my wife, going, "So she's a hooker, right?" <laughs> With a heart of gold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the vagina of platinum. <laughs> we wouldn't know. It's hermetically sealed. This entire film. <laughs> what does that go for at Tiffany's? Vagina platinum. Her engraved or not? Yeah. Mm, oh, this is good. Yeah, I want a monogrammed muff. You know I'm, what? I'm that's the for. best punk band out of Sacramento you've not heard of. Monogrammed. Yeah, we are monogrammed muff. Can we start? We the three of us should start a band called Monogrammed Muff. That would be. I mean, you're the lead I'm singer, in. Natalia. I'll be. Uh, I'll be. I'll be guitar. Oh, Israel, you're drums, duh. Yeah, I play the drums. Oh, this shit. is going to be the worst punk band ever. <laughs> as long as you were that best big... name. Yeah, best name. Can I worst play the band. <laughs> we'll also have yeah. to play the recruit. Our final song will be have a song that features a recorder, and then we'll have to play the brown note so everyone shits themselves at the end of the show. <laughs> I want that. I want that so badly. We're going to pitch this, our first, uh, our first live show, morning show with Bill and Joanne.
Yeah, there you go. I joke that I, I'm now I've, I've moved into cougar territory, but identify as a puma because anytime somebody who asks me out that is born after the Clinton administration, I I poo my pants just a little bit. So Hey-oh. I want to yeah. I want to share that with everyone else. Waka waka waka. You're a cougar with 34. Yes. I'm 34. Thank you, know, you, Kevin. You know, cougars in porno industry or the industry are about 27, I've heard. Yes. I used to. No, or stepmoms. Yes. But, yeah. <laughs> Gilfs are about 38. Yeah. That, hey, my grandma was a grandma at 41. 40, I think. Wow. She sure uh, she sure shot him out That's quick. Fascinating and, family tree. And yeah, exactly. mom and mom wasn't slow on the on the, on the uptake either. <laughs> Well, actually, it was my dad. That was my dad's mom. My mom. My mom's ten years older than my dad. Cougar oh, no. blood courses through my veins. Yeah, so you know. it's in the family. And, and welcome to gutting the sacred twenty-three and me. I'm Kevin Goatee. <laughs> <laughs> Thank uh, you for having me. Listen, no one listens to podcasts till the end, so let's get our plugs out now. Hey, oh. Natalia Reagan, what can we find you doing these days? Well, uh, you can find me on uh, at, at TikTok at Behold Natalia. I make a lot of science comedy videos on Instagram at Natalia13Reagan, but I do lots of stand-up in around Los Angeles. I'm doing a, doing a roast battle on April 4th. I don't know if this is going to come out before that, but um, yeah, you can just come see me uh, do stand-up and watch me make science comedy videos, usually about animal penises. Yeah, you heard me right. Give the me, people what yeah. They want. Well, yeah. listen, I hate to see you taking food out of the mouth of Neil deGrasse Tyson, but you know what? You're better looking than he is. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> the beard's coming in, by the way. It's going to be a lot better in a few weeks. Or is it the muff, the aforementioned uh, platinum muff band we're going to start about? Is it down there? <laughs> platinum muff. That's all. It's coming in. Kevin Israel with the Al Borland from Home Improvement t-shirt on tonight. Well, how, what are you up to? I uh, also got some a lot of comedy happening in April and May. You can go to my calendar on KevinIsrael.com and find out where I'll be. Uh, I pair, prepared poorly for this, so just go there, see where I'll be. <laughs> and uh, my album, The Struggle is Real, is available everywhere you get audio stuff. GuttingTheSacredCow.com is where you can find all the hip-hop, hooray, fantastic fashion, shirts, hats, mugs, you name it. It's there. GuttingTheSacredCow at gmail.com to advertise with us or just to say hi. And boy, oh boy, I am a sucker for five-star ratings, two or three-sentence reviews on your podcast platform of choice. And Kevin Israel sure knows I love to post those babies, so please. Give us that five-star rating, two or three-sentence review. If you are a new listener, we thank you. And let's kick it right over to the audience participation section in Ask a Gutter. Delvin Cox says, Natalia Reagan is correct. Breakfast at Tiffany's is trash can emoji. (laughs) I like you. Straight straight to the point. point. That's Delvin Cox. Never question. It's always fuck that movie. That's how our boy rolls. I like that. At Nemirovsky, at so, so Natalia, which is more culturally relevant in 2023, the movie Breakfast at Tiffany's or the 90s song? Uh, I would say Breakfast at Tiffany's only because the 90, 90s song, it's two people arguing whether or not they have that in common, which tells me they're two people that are fans of the movie, which tells me they have trash taste. Ooh, fair. Okay. Fair. I like it. Yes. And uh, this was a very short Ask a Gutter. Oh, I'm sorry. Carly at Carly Kingsley. Breakfast at Tiffany's is my favorite Christmas movie. What? That's her. That's what she does. Everything that's we post it? on. Okay. Yeah, that's well, what no, she does. I, 
I don't judge. That's fine. You know, I don't know. It, <laughs> I don't remember snow, but that's okay. I mean, climate change, things are warming up. Maybe. Okay. Maybe Tiffany's is actually of- Tiffany's down in Rio de Janeiro where it's flip-flopped. There you go. Maybe she expects Tiffany's for Christmas. That's a, right. that perhaps is what she's thinking. Uh, I do have a few more. I lied. I just clicked and expanded it. Uh, Kristen at Anna Cat hangs her head in classic movie shame. I have never seen Breakfast at Tiffany's, so I can't offer either bouquets or brickbats. I like her honesty. Mm-hmm. What, what are brickbats? I don't know. I, for some reason, thought they were like a, a cookie that was in the film that I missed. I don't know. <laughs> did I? Did I, that, I, don't, I there's a lot I, of funny references, but I don't know if I heard brickbats. At Rex Crumb, the, the, again, the obvious element, elephant, excuse me, in a room. Who else besides Mickey Rooney as Mr. Yunioshi belongs in the Mount Rushmore of non-Asian guys playing Asian guys in a movie? I know Ricardo Montalban played a few Japanese guys, so he's there, but who else? Oh, uh, wasn't it in The King of I, Yul? Brenner? Um, yeah, he yeah. Did, wasn't he? Yeah, he did that. Um, well, I know that, uh, what's her name? Uh, oh, goodness gracious. Uh, what's uh, mm, She dated one of the Spider-Mans. She played- Kirsten Dunst? No, not that one. Uh, God, big Emily eyes. Stone. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, Emma Stone. She uh, played, I think, a half, uh, like a hoppa, like half Asian, half uh, white girl um, in a movie not that long ago. But um, well, yeah, she must have so. borrowed Mickey Rooney's fake teeth because Emma Stone has a vicious overbite. She should get corrected. Post haste. <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey. It's funny because it's true. true. Next, <laughs> uh, at Bango2331. No, I haven't seen this either. Oh, we're getting a lot of those today. So let's just eschew those. Actually, and that is going, in fact, to wrap it up for Ask a Gutter. So without any more hesitation, Kevin Israel, let's get Natalia in her blue box heaven and ask her to come on here and do what she's been doing dying to do for the last two and a half three weeks and that is of course gut gut the, the sacred, sacred cow, cow. Ooh, that was very That's, moving i loved it, it. it yeah. it's added in a post but i love how you add it in there yourself natalia bravo it's like you're, oh really okay <laughs> yep. it's like you're really ruminating on it you know um milking it for all it's worth sorry I'm pun <laughs> pun you're the, you're uh, the best uh so yeah, I it was this was a tough one because I'm not, I'm going to put it out there. I do not hate this movie, but I do think it's absolutely overrated for a myriad of reasons. Uh, I watched it, and like a lot of young women, I, I I enjoyed it. I did not have her poster up on my dorm room wall, um, mostly because it was most D- David Bowie. Really, it was like you know, uh, patron saint of androgyny was gracing my wall. But there's a lot of things about this movie that I I'm not a fan of. Also, because I read the book. Uh, or the novella by Truman Capote, which was even more progressive, even more wild. And I think the movie misses a lot of awesome opportunities uh, while still, I don't know, I think staying in the same vein of like the 1961 hip swing in time. Um, So Mm -hmm. do you want me to just kind of go through real quick? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, bull points Uh, away. Go ahead. So one of the things, okay, so they wanted to cast, uh, Truman Capote wanted Marilyn Monroe in the role because in the book, she's this blonde kind of, you know, snack, like little snack. She's eight, she's about 18 years old, actually, in the book. And I don't know exactly how old she's supposed to be here, but roughly around that time, uh, we found out later that she got hitched at 14, which is also very problematic. We'll get to that. But um, 
Yeah. So she, I, I think it's interesting that they wanted to go with a brunette that was not exactly kind of a va-va-voom type. I love Audrey Hepper. I think she was great in the film. Um, r- rumor has it on set, she was very insecure. Apparently, Blake Edwards said she was always looking for reassurance, which is so strange to me because I find her the most assured woman ever on the in this movie. Uh, but I feel like it's an interesting casting choice to not allow kind of the the iconic heartthrob or babe of this time to play a smart woman. I think it says a lot about studios that are, you know, a woman cannot be funny. You know, you got to pick two, right? You know, you mm-hmm. funny, hot, smart, you know. Let's be real. Audrey Hepburn is all of those things. However, she's not like the stereotypical, you know, um, brick shithouse that Marilyn Monroe is, right? Um, so I think that was one kind of mistake was going away from that um, uh, that sort of casting choice that Truman Capote saw. But uh, I mean, honestly, Mickey Rooney is the first thing that jumps out at me. Uh, Mr. Uh, uh, I always say his name wrong. Yunioshi, uh, the way they portrayed him, it could have been there was uh, a myriad of, of uh, Japanese actors at that time that were working actors that could have played that part and actually been funny. Mickey Rooney's, Mickey Rooney's portrayal of uh mr yunioshi is this sort of overboard over the top you know the fake teeth the buck teeth the accent almost cross-eyed um sort of that jilted movement and you know just it's it's high mockery right it's like it's 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 almost um vaudeville how over the top it is and that could have easily been done in a in, i think a more subdued way and it tell i think it takes you out of the film completely every time he comes on screen i'm like what are we watching it's like when you're watching a you know uh, or a one out a, a, a single camera comedy and then all of a sudden you got like a four camera setup what am i watching this is this doesn't make any sense it's it's a totally different film to interrupt and- you for one second is <laughs> you ever you ever see dragon the bruce lee story with uh uh jason yes. Scott? do you remember yeah. the scene where they go see breakfast at tiffany's and lauren holly just looks at him and he's uncomfortable and they end up walking yeah. out I mean, that yeah. was back in 93, I think that came out, and people were like, God. It's a great movie, too. It is right? a great film. It is very good, very underrated, yeah. too. But exactly, so that same exact point you just made, you're like, why is it here, and how the hell was this? I get it. We're not going to sit here and, and hold people's feet to the fire in 1961 because things are obviously very different. But even just taking that out of context for one second, it's not even funny. Like, There's no, no. any punchlines. That's that's what really just really it went, went so rankly. Off. Yeah, it's not even funny. That's that's the word. That's my point. Right. If somebody works in comedy, it's like if you're going to go and, and and make a bold racist choice like that and you don't even try to add jokes, like what are you even doing? And um, I, I it just it was very disappointing and disheartening to see that happening. And even like so F- Flower Drum Song, which has a, an, an entirely Asian cast played by real Asian people, came out the same year in 1961. So do not tell me. Did not know that, that Hollywood wasn't ready for you know Asian actors. They existed. It was just this was a choice, and um and I you know Mickey Rooney. I don't want to hate on him, but like come on, I would hope that you would have better choices. It's kind of like we see the whitewashing of actors even now. You know, there's plenty of films where you see white actors playing you know Egyptians and Jesus, um, <laughs> which we know was not a white guy. Okay, so the the, the sex worker aspect in. The movie, you've got two sex workers, right? You've got a male gigolo 
uh, Paul or Fred. Uh, and he's working for, you know, he's 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 a kept man. He's got himself a, a sugar mama who you know gets him apartment and he basically gets paid money to have the uh, sex. And he actually the is doing sex. It. Yeah, I think he is doing the sex with her. Um, Holly, it's a little bit more vague, right? We don't quite know if she's doing the sex. It's more just like she's going and being a companion. She's talking. She's stealing money from men when she goes to the bathroom. But they're both. Holly was fucking. She probably was fucking, and that's I okay. And so. I, I, but that's the thing. I think it's <laughs> fifty dollars for the powder room. Nah, right? <laughs> and then fifty for the cab ride. Did we forget about that? For I the did. powder room. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What happens in the powder room? Yeah, yeah. What happens? Um, but I think that's one of the coolest parts of the film. So the book, in the book, she is a call girl, basically, and the narrator or Paul or Fred is a gay man that never, his name is never really revealed. She calls him Fred in the book. But what's so cool about this book is that there's this platonic relationship between a gay man and this fabulous, fabulous kind of socialite woman that I feel like the movie's missing. They made it less about Holly and more about the relationship between her and Fred rather than the book. It's like, look at this woman who's so tragically sad, trying so desperately to just, kind of reinvent herself because even when she meets and we'll get to that in a second when she um at one point when her um husband doc <clears throat> who's you know very old but buddy epson what it is buddy epson right yep yes buddy epson um from if you're familiar with the beverly hillbillies shows up and you're like that's gotta be your dad that's that's gotta be your dad and then it's like i'm her husband and you're like Get the hell yeah. out of here. And he <laughs> married her at 14, which I feel like they they look, I get it, it's 1961. They're also trying to play this 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 film out like it's they're playing it off like it's like it's a romantic comedy, but it's a tragic film. I mean, this girl got married at 14 and this, you know, old man is chasing her down in the city. But um what's so sad about it is I think that he you know again won't let her go and she is trying to transition to this and it's very kind of almost reminiscent of what we're going on going through right now with people having a dead name and transitioning from you know one gender to another and he keeps wanting insisting on calling her lula may when she's like i'm not lula may anymore that person is gone and dead i am holly and so it's this sort of transition from you know her past to a future that she can't seem to shake and uh, I felt like the movie was really gentle and soft about the fact that this old man married a 14 year old. How did you guys feel about that? I think that this is the only time that this film ever got a cheer was when the guy said, yeah, I married her when she was 14. Like West Virginia went, yeah, buddy. Like that's, <laughs> <laughs> I told you it's okay. Yeah. Uh, there's grass in the green dog. Oh, sorry. There's grass in the field. Dot, dot, dot. Know what I mean? You know, that's <laughs> gross. And yeah, and even when he tries to sort of justify it, like, you know, you might think she's 14, but, you know, she had a mind of her own. And it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> you might think she's 14, but she fucks like a 15 year old. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he would want her to front monogram muff if he could. I mean, Oh, I love how it's going to make its way in the conversation back and forth the entire rest of the show. It, it really, I want to make it a callback. I want to, I want to just keep it. A, this, we're in a couple years. The band's going to be here, guys. And just a t-shirt. Like and okay. Oh, that's oh. all. I don't even want the band. I just want the t-shirt that says <laughs> monogram <laughs> muff. I want Perfect. the comeback band. I want the cover band <laughs> before there even is a band. Um, Hold on. Let me see. I'm just, oh, so yeah. Okay. Aside. So, so, so in the book, 
Uh, Paul is, or, you know, the character that is the narrator, which doesn't even have a name. Paul is kind of made up for the film. The, the This character, the narrator is gay. And even Holly says she's a bit of a dyke herself. So there are these queer undertones that Truman Capote clearly infused in the book. Uh, hmm. that are very much left out in the film. It's just ironic to me that they felt like they had to scrub the gay away, but it's cool if Mickey Rooney plays a Japanese man. That's cool. That's fine. You know what I mean? And uh, they had to also do their best to not make her look like a call girl, even though it's so obvious that she is. One thing I think is really neat that the movie has that the book does not is that party scene. I don't know how you guys felt about that party scene, but it was it was like a ketamine fever dream. I, I mean, like... <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that, uh, especially growing up. Um, but they didn't really in them in the book. It's more just her and a bunch of Johns and then that one annoying girl that shows up. But um, oh, the so ginger, the ginger that f- falls down. Yeah. Yes. The the timber lady. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. Wait. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Um, the model. The model. Exactly. The one that brings the Brazilian. Um Let's see. Hold on. Um, I'm just going back to notes. Sally oh, Brazilians and monogrammed muff, though. The, yes, exactly. It's all the theme really is a, a good run through. <laughs> the Brazilian is really interesting, too. You know, like the fact that she's just like, I'm going to go for the president of Brazil. I like how she's constantly she's looking forward and looking up, you know, social climbing. That's what I call really. That. And, and and the book was supposed to be and the story is supposed to be a real sort of commentary on on, on class and elitism and, and those struggling to get ahead. And with, you know, Holly, it's clear that necessity is the mother of invention. You know, every time she gets kind of knocked down, she's like, OK, well, I want you to make me a list of the richest Brazilian men in Brazil. And um, I'm going to I'm going to make you know, lemonade out of some lemons. Um and, and, and get myself out of this. So I do, as somebody who considers myself a, an independent, strong woman, I love that the film wants that. But what bothers me most, I think, in the end, and this is where the book and the end and the book and the movie very much differ, is in the um, in the ending of the of the book. Uh, well, she, she she does get on that plane. Seemingly, she does let go of Cat and free Cat, and she never gets Cat back. She can't find Cat. And she gets on that plane. And again, this is it's a, a, a story of friendship in the book between her and her her gay friend. And and that's what I think is so powerful is because we see so many romantic relationships portrayed in film. And one of the things you don't, don't see is strong, really passionate and deep relationships between a man and a woman that are not sexual, you know, in nature. And I think that's what makes the story so intense and so kind of sad because in the book, the book starts out with... Um, this this narrator getting a phone call from a, a mutual friend that knew knew Holly because uh, they used to hang out at this bar together. And in, in the in the book, she didn't have a phone. Uh, she would go to a bar to use the phone to call her Johns. And so he goes to the bar and meets the bartender. And the bartender says, "It ha- you know, look, I want to show you something." Um, uh, the um, Mr. Uh, uh, Uni Uniyoshi came into the bar and basically showed. Uh, this bartender three pictures or gave him these three pictures and um in the book she really wants to go to africa holly really wants to go to africa and she uh he, he pulls out these pictures and, and mr unio she had just gotten back from africa and in these pictures you see you know an african man holding a wooden sculpture that at first glance looks like it could just be any sort of wooden sculpture but when you took when he took a closer look he realized 
holy crap, that's Holly. That's definitely Holly. This is Holly. So it's kind of a sign. Not only did she get on that plane, she she became that independent woman that did what she wanted to do. She kind of like it was it was the ultimate. I don't need a man. I don't need anybody. I'm going to make this happen on my own. And so that's what I think made the book so magical was like, we never know what happens to her, but she may or may not be in Africa doing her thing. Cause it was, the story goes that she, she and a group of other white people came into a village on horseback. The two men, it was two men in her. Sounds like a thruple, if you know what I mean. Kind of hot. Right. Maybe, and they show yeah, up yeah. at this, this village and they're the two dudes are sick. She is not sick. And um, she buddies up with this woodworker and the woodworker and her become f- fresh and friends. And and according to Mr. Yunioshi, they they did share a mat, although the barkeep at this place is like, ah, oh, she wouldn't do that because racism. Uh, but most likely she did share a mat with this guy and he sculpted her. He whittled some wood uh, to make her, you know, instead of a platinum uh, or monogram muff, it was a wooden um, wooden muff. And um, yeah, so <laughs> is, that, I, I um, is that like is that like Amish porno wooden muff? Wooden muff would be great. Yeah, yeah, hole in the sheet. That, no, that's, that's the that's, that's just the Jewish. Yeah, that's sorry. Excuse me, I, I'm I'm getting my um, very repressed sexual politics mixed up. Oh well, that's the next podcast we're doing. <laughs> there we, oppressed sexual. We are oppressed sexual politics. Um, but I just find that ending so much more beautiful that rather than preface is tiffany's where it is a love story between her and paul which if that is the case again i think paul takes takes it on the chin a lot from from holly because she's just like that you know because there is a moment where they do get some love there's some love between them and then she immediately goes back to i'm gonna screw every last guy that's not you because i want money you know and i find that to be like she he kind of puts up with a lot of bullshit right and, all those um, guys do. All those right? dumb dumbs do. I'll get it. He's a it. cuck. Yeah, yeah, they all are. She's she's <laughs> got him. She's got him trained that sense. But it, you know, I'm gonna love myself. You know, forget all of you. I'm gonna go and do what I want to do and and break free. Now, that's not to say that she's. You know, it's not necessarily a happy ending. It's more of a mysterious ending. One of the scenes that I really wasn't a fan of was when they were in the bar and there's a stripper there, another sex worker, right? And mm-hmm. here they are. Two sex workers break, make basically, you know, taking the other sex worker down a peg for not being really talented. Like she's and not. And they're not even tipping her, which blows my no. mind. Yeah. Rude. That's like a former Rude. waiter. It's like a that's like a former waiter going to a restaurant and saying, "Here's eight percent. Knock it out of the park, lady." <laughs> Yeah. And she was making prolonged, intense eye contact with them, which is an oxytocin release. I like to bring up the science of these films. Thank you very much. But, you know, she was doing some real like I mean, she was playing and they were critiquing her, which I thought was like, hey, guys, you know, kettle pot, like meet each other. Come on. Um, So I I, that kind of disappointed me a little bit. You know, again, it's not enough to say I hate the movie, but it's just like that's a little little, um, hypocritical oh the, um, the stripper scene took you out of Italia. is that what did this in it was just the stripper scene I, first of all we didn't see boobs where were the boobs where yeah were they? um uh but yeah i was a little bummed that they you know like they should have like invited her to like hang out i felt like she was you know she was she was putting it out there uh but when they're in breakfast of tiffany's it reminded me so i i was i went to breakfast of tiffany's to do my mom's bidding which was to get her boyfriend at the time a, a keychain we decided like let's get him like just a nice keychain so i what get you have hell? to take a number 
you know, they, they give you like a number or like, a, I think it was like one of those things you get at Applebee's that buzz when your number's called or whatever. And I'm walking around the store and I went to the engagement rings because why the hell not? I've never been to Tiffany's and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the biggest honking diamonds you've ever seen. And I hear, are you looking for yourself? And I look <laughs> over and it's Ben Stein of when Ben Stein's money of Ferris Bueller fame, uh, who is also now, you know, I think new Uber right winger. But at the time, I did not know that. And I was just like, hey, how are you? Oh, my goodness. Diamonds, diamonds, yeah. diamonds. You just said, you know, when I buy this with something D.O.O. economics, <laughs> voodoo <laughs> economics. If I could do it again. Oh, but he was out, he was out with some friend. I was on my lunch break. He was probably just whatever. Um, I don't know why I was working on Christmas Eve, but I was. No, oh, it was a weird time. But uh, wait, wait. Yeah. So then, he, you, what did he say when you when you were like, oh, what was your response to? What are you What are you doing with the diamonds here? Yeah, I know. He's like, are you looking for yourself? I was like, I mean, I I think I made some comment about like, you know, I, I mean. I don't plan on getting married anytime soon or some sort of like snarky little young, you know, gutter snipe comment. And he was just like, okay, you know, but then he was asking like, are you an actress? You know, it was definitely one of those like, oh, okay, yeah. are you an actress? And I was like, yeah, actually I am, but I'm, I'm working in a law firm. And he's, he gave me his agent's information and said, call them and say that I sent you. Cause this is like, this is 2000 <laughs> to give you. He like, wanted a- to go lightly. Hey, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, say, let me call you with my Tiffany Sterling Silver telephone dialer? I wish, you know what? I If I could go back in time with my rotary phone and just like. <laughs> I bet it, I, I bet his dick looks like a silver telephone dialer. <laughs> Sorry, that was rude. That was rude. I was not sex positive. And there was a coffee shop called Stir Crazy that I popped into. And I was having a cup of coffee and. And Philip Seymour Hoffman was sitting out front and I was a huge and um, I said to him, I said, I I just want to say I'm a huge fan. You were so great in this film and I I hope you win the Oscar because he was nominated and he just he was very gracious and kind and said, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And very kind of just sort of quiet to himself. And then a man sitting across from me goes, yo, did a leg, did a horse kick you in the leg? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, what the hell happened to you? And he said it just like that. And I think I made a joke like, you know, no, I cut myself shaving. No, I got hit by a, I got hit by a truck. And he was like, what? And I was like, eh. you know, and he was just clearly kind of a dumbass that was just trying to be an asshole, honestly, about it. And I was like, OK, you know, and I normally I don't mind talking about it, but he was not not been very, uh, very nice. And some silence goes by. I I make, you know, I was like doodling in my book or whatever. And then all of a sudden, Phil Seymour Hoffman goes, so you got hit by a truck? Yeah. What was I, that like? I'd have follow-up questions for that, too. <laughs> I have a lot of follow-up questions. Yeah. Like, did you have, like, the before and after pictures? Like, you ever go to casting th- things, and you they see the scars, and you have the pictures of you, like, ah, ah, huh? before, well, the- after. After. Oh, dear <laughs> um, God. Tell you what, let's let's wrap up the notes from you. What would you yes. give this film after on a old, the old one to ten? Oh, let me just look at this one more second. Oh, 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 I do have to say I love the car change. I got to put this out there. One thing I love about that movie is that car change at the end was epic. As okay. a woman who's done a lot of car changes, that's a lot, one side mode. Oh, and oh. the oh, and kicking the cat out. So she kicks the cat out of the car during a rainstorm, which is fuck. It's rude. Sorry, rude. Cats don't like water, generally speaking. Also, outdoor cats on average kill 2.4 billion year- birds. Cats on average, outdoor cats kill 2.4 billion birds a year. So that was 
very irresponsible of her. In that sounds made up. Fact so. check, please. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't feel like it. I'm the end. I, I'll take you at your word. Our our, our crack commando Steve, uh, t- team of uh, listeners will indeed fact check. I'm sure you're right, though. Uh, so number one to ten. Uh, uh, one to ten. I would give it. Because it's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's a good. It's a. It's a fine move, movie with great acting. I think, aside from Mickey Rooney, I would give it five point two. Five. Uh, never had the point two part. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Kevin Israel, take it to the house. Take it to the house. Take it to the house. Yes. Okay. So first of all, if you don't hate this movie for any other reason, you should hate it for this fucking song that we all had to live. If you're a Gen Xer, you had to hear that a thousand times a day in the early to mid nineties. Yes. Anyhow, this movie, and I'm going to, I'm going to try to leave aside the, Mr. Yosh stuff. Natalia covered all that. I mean, that's that's all there. This movie is about two assholes who find <laughs> each other. And they are both they are both such assholes and such self-righteous, self-absorbed assholes that they're perfect for each other. I there was the only person I liked in this movie was the cat. And I hate cats. Yeah. The cat when she kicks the cat out of the cat out of the car and you see the cat all wet and sad. I was that was the only time I felt anything. There was no emotion through this movie. It was horrid storytelling. And listen, I know I'm I'm we're living in 2023 and I'm trying not to apply 2023 standards. We've done some older movies on this podcast, but this was just painfully stilted and inexplicable storytelling. Like the beginning of the movie when he's just walking up the stairs and she just and then he just randomly knocks on her door or she she buzz he buzzes her. She lets him in and he's like, oh, can I come in? And she's like, sure. And then they just start like encounters don't happen that way. Converse. It it just it felt like we need these two people to meet. We don't know how to do it. So we're just going to make this happen. There was there was no evolution of anything in this movie. Things just happened without explanation because you just we need to get through the story. And you felt it and it, it never evolved like the, the the nothing evolved these two. And it's and it's really interesting what you said about the book, that he was actually a, a gay man and they had a different it was a very different relationship. That makes so much more sense because in this movie, these two have the chemistry of oil and water. <laughs> I don't believe I can't even believe they liked each other when he says, but I love you. It's it's like a robot telling a toaster it loved like. 
There was nothing. There was just nothing there. There was nothing to care about. There was no character development. She and and, and I I get that in the in the in the term of the in the sixties when you're looking at you know a, a woman trying to you know be, be self sufficient and strong and find her way through it. Okay, whatever. She's an asshole and she's an idiot. She is and. The whole thing with Sammy Tomato or whatever his name was, like, come on. Like, I like you didn't re- like come really like at least if she at least if at some point she gave the wink and the nod and was like, of course, I, I knew I was giving like code to something like, but she didn't even she was a fucking idiot. Like, blows, like there was nothing redeeming or strong or there was nothing like I when you said that first, I don't remember any women having posters of this movie up and maybe they did. And I was just too busy trying to get them in bed. I don't know. But I don't remember ever seeing and I don't know why a woman would ever say this is who I want to be because she's an a- asshole. And she and I and I guess in a way, if you want to be like, oh, women can use men like men use women or whatever. Fine. But that didn't even come across to me that it just came across that she was being used by men who were getting kind of what they wanted to. And she was sort of leading them on. But everybody in it was miserable. Everybody in it was absolutely <laughs> My son just crawled in here. <laughs> and he completely ruined a good tangent that I was on. He's another um, pile on this film, too, I take it. Yeah, he, yeah he's going to shit on it. Is it a dirty yeah. diaper? Let's bring it. Yeah, oh, I'd love to throw a dirty diaper at this piece of shit. It was it. The, it, the movie angered me just so badly because there was just no, there's nothing redeeming about it that I want to take away from it. And it feels like the archetype to every other romantic comedy that sucked after it. Like so many things that happened in this movie, you were like, oh, I've seen that. like the shopping scene in the five and dime where they're all trying on stupid little stuff. That's been done a thousand times after. And it sucks every time because nobody ever does that. That doesn't happen. And like the, the scene at the end when she's driving away, I was like, please stay in the car and just like at least that would be that would be some kind of like her committing to this life like she's doing. And then when she gets out, I was like, fuck, why is she getting out? There's no reason for her to get out. There was no character arc that got her to the point where she suddenly decided that she loved him. There was no realization. There was no nothing. And it was just suddenly like, well, we need to give these fucking assholes in the seats a happy ending. So get out of the car. And she and it's just like, why? Why does anything in this movie happen? And why should I care? And I never have fucking breakfast at Tiffany's. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's, and that, and I think that really sums it up. Like, even the title doesn't happen in this movie. Like, nothing happens in this movie that I should care about. And like, like the scene where she finds out, and the, so, so Fred, Fred dies. Okay. We're supposed to be upset about that, I guess. But, there was no they, they never established anything outside of her calling this guy Fred, which they never explain. And there's never really any payoff other than in the library it was like, I'm not Fred. And she's just like makes a stupid face. There's no nothing ever comes full circle. You don't feel a completion of any of the story in this movie. So then when Fred dies, it's like, all right, I get, he's dead. OK, like I didn't feel anything about that. And she freaks out. And then the next scene, fuck Fred. Like there's no. There's no consequences to anything that they set up in this movie for you to go, oh, I, I see where this is. This was going. And then the whole thing with Doc, that was just so we- leaving aside the 14 year old thing. We covered that. And I'm sure Goatee is going to fucking 
kill the 14 year old. But there was just no like, so this was her, this was her husband. And he's like, yeah, we'll take care of her. And he gets on a bus and leaves like that. There's nobody. And there, no, there's no payoff. There's no like, there's no consequences to anything. And there's no, it doesn't make the audience care. I don't understand what people find so appealing about this movie, because even what it seems to try to accomplish as far as the, the idea and and you you sort of started to explain it about the, you know, two sex workers, you know, he doesn't even see that he's a sex worker at first. And then you kind of see that he he almost has the most complete character arc where he tells the the decorator or whatever she was that they're they're done and even that just kind of drops off and is like ah like he like he never got that big fuck you moment he sort of did but you never you never get any payoff to any of the stories in this movie and it just feels like it feels just like a like a waste like and we've we've done a couple of these like 60s 70s genre movies and i feel like the story that was just how the storytelling was sort of back then they were like well here's some stuff that happens you put it together it's not our job to to make the movie and it 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 angered me i was so angry throughout this whole i'm i i was gonna text you kev but i wanted i didn't want to let you know that i hated the movie because i'd never seen this movie before i didn't know anything that this movie was about i had no idea by the way by the slate by the way i have zero shock i knew this was gonna get you and i'll get to you in a while i knew you're gonna hate it the only question the only only question i have well you'll you'll answer me in a little bit but do you hate this more than 2001 a space odyssey we'll (gasps) find out yeah well well yeah okay that's that's fair and i and i actually did bring that up to to my wife um Uh, but yeah, this was it. This was just such an such a god awful movie. And what makes it worse is it could have been a good movie. And by the way, I have a team up because this is how I want to remember Papard. Yeah, fucking plans come together. Unfortunately, his plan never came together in this movie. He gets the cunt, but she sucks. She sucks. And you know what? She's gonna end up fucking him over. That's what's gonna end up happening. Five days or five months or five years from this relationship, them kissing in the rain. She's going to fuck him over because she's going to realize she can't be kept down. And he's going to end up with a fucking cat without a name and a blue balls. I, it just it was a terrible movie. It was just terrible. It made me mad. Natalia, you seem like a very nice person, but you made me mad in picking this movie. And I'm just left with anger. And now, actually, I kind of want to read the book because the book sounds a thousand times better than the movie. But so so to answer your Kevin. Your question, Kevin. This is worse than 2001. Whoa! And here's why. Here's why. This could have been a good movie. There yeah. was potential here. There was story here that would have been interesting. There were there were themes they could have really worked into that they just fucking left die. And it was just a waste. This movie is a zero. Wow. Like, I literally... I, I'll never watch it again. I'll make sure I'll add. I'll advocate against this movie. I'm starting a Facebook group of people who hate this movie. I, I, I fucking hate this movie. What did your wife think? She didn't even, you know what? I didn't, we watched half of it and then we had to go to bed last night and then I started watching it again. And I never asked her what she thought of it, but she didn't want to finish watching it. So I guess that sort of tells you in itself what she thinks of the movie <laughs> she, I, when the movie ended she was like oh she walked in she's like oh you finished it i was like oh yeah i started she's like it's fine <laughs> more than napoleon dynamite 
I yeah, yeah, I think so. Because again, Napoleon Dynamite, Napoleon, there was nothing redeeming about Napoleon Dynamite. That couldn't have llama? been a good movie. Not even Tina? Nope. No. Nope. No. Everything in that movie terrible. sucked. Yep. Got it. But this there was there were there there was a movie here that could have been good that they, yeah. they just shit the bed on. Every was, and literally every storyline, everything that happens in this movie was bad, but could have been better. And they didn't. They just they just they just fucking they just shit the bed. It just it was terrible. Yeah. I rest I feel my much case. better about my choice. These though. I was, like, no, I was afraid you guys were going to kill me and be like, I can't believe you shit on breakfast. Yeah. OK. Nope. Well, I feel OK. Wow. Woo. These notes brought to you by gutting the sacred cow.com. Don't forget gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com to say hi. And of course, we love those five star rating two or three sentence reviews. Leave them notes in college. Every dude had a combo of the following movie posters, fight club, pulp fiction, Goodfellas, clockwork, orange, star Wars. Every woman I've seen who had a movie poster had one of them up, and that was this film. So really, oh yeah, oh. I must have just been oblivious. And my brother's dumb dildo ex-wife had it hanging up in his house before they got out. He he, <laughs> he threw her out. What was the poster? What's the poster of her with the cigarette with the long in the, in the holder and and like the oh. pearls and like the the sunglasses. God. So the huge fake teeth make an Asian impression funny, really? Or was it funny to have an Asian landlord instead of your typical Russian or Orthodox Jew in charge of a building? <laughs> she lost her key. That would have been less offensive to me. As well, a Jew, <laughs> that would have been less offensive. As someone to who me. lived in Crown Heights and yeah. had that for a long, that would make, I would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not, yeah. Not many, I don't see many Asian land, uh, land uh, uh, lords unless you're in Chinatown, again. Next, uh, she lost her key to get in the building, but somehow has a key to get in her apartment. Well, the horse shit started already, Kevin Israel. <laughs> the guy gives her $50 for the powder room. You know how much is in today's money? $503. From what my dirtbag friends tell me, get you a middle-of-the-road hooker or three if you have a Groupon. <laughs> Hot damn, those piercing blue eyes belong to none other than Colonel Hannibal Smith of the A-Team. You know what, how to start this movie off right? Have her begin by going down on him as he lights a cigar, stretches out his arms, and says, I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> if you didn't watch the A-Team or the movie, stop and go watch it now. Seriously. Drinking milk out of a champagne glass while waxing poetic about an overpriced jewelry store. This is truly a stage five clinger who has at least 24 stuffed animals on her bed when it is made. $50 for the powder room and 50 for a cab ride. She is certainly soaking these bozos who easily fall in love with a stripper after the first song of a lap dance. Let's give credit where credit is due. Audrey Hepburn is one of the few old-time movie stars that holds up in today's time. She is very stunning in this. Yeah, film. she's pretty. Very. I'm very a tough critic on these older ones. They just don't hold up. But man, she she's got it. Hey, when was the last time someone whistled for a cabin and actually stopped? Thank you. Has that? that say it. Say that it. That doesn't <laughs> happen. You know has that? that was, has no. that? Has that ever really happened in life? I I've seen it I, happen once. Yeah, I worked in Manhattan I the last 12 here. years. Never saw it. Never saw it. <laughs> it's always a handout. Uh, it's, it, it's, a, it's a half, I hate to say it, it's almost a half Nazi salute when you reach for the cab. So you have to kind of dial it in and you have to do the thumb. Now you're hitchhiking. But even if you, but even if you could whistle that loud, how's the taxi going to know where the whistle is coming from? Right. 
Sure, people leave in their, sorry, sure. People in Manhattan leave their windows open all the time so randoms can just crawl down the fire escape, open the window, and hop into bed. That doesn't happen. You have six locks and, I don't know, wind chimes around there. So in case there's a night prowler, you hear them. Letting a complete stranger babble away while she sleeps on your chest in hopes that she wakes up and decides to give you some sex. We've all been there, fellas. We've all been there. 21-year-old Kevin is nodding and shaking his head as I write these notes now. (laughs) I am shocked that Holly hasn't broken out into tears at least three times to keep the drama train going. Besides her looks and her quirky idea to do random things, she doesn't have much going for her, except, of course, being a modified pussy grifter. Another great band name. Pussy Pussy grifter Grifter is a fantastic band name. Thank you. (laughs) When she she suggests something they haven't done, I like that scene. But how about this one? How about he stops smoking for a day and she could start by not blabbering every about nothing all day long? The dialogue was incessantly terrible. Oh, so bad. A field trip to Tiffany's to find $10 was amusing, of course, unless you're the salesman who works on commission that works there <laughs> and shows superb patience and doesn't say, if that was me, go, would you like a blue box for $10? Or how about some receipt tape? How about that, young lady, in your cutesy-poo little field trip scavenger hunt? This whole scene reminded me of the scene of in I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker. The, how much for a soda? How about 50 cents? And you pour it in my hands. That's what that reminded me of. <laughs> it is a baller-ass move going into a library and signing the copy of your own book. Reminds me when I was in college and me and a few compatriots got thrown off our campus radio station. And then we grabbed all the college newspapers, autographed the front page, which reported our, our, our story, and then put them back in the bin. We got kicked <laughs> off our... D- it's a ball, right? <laughs> we got kicked off, kicked off for doing a Howard Stern-esque format, and one person complained. One. Viva la free speech. That's why we can't have nice things. Stealing masks together is fun, but you know it's much more fun? Trying on masks at a sex shop and then maybe buying a pair of Tiffany nipple clamps later on. It's always a great second date. I am shocked the ASPCA had nothing to say about that cat getting flung to the window against the <laughs> shutter and then parkouring off the blinds. That was by far the most entertaining thing of this film I've seen so far. And how many times did they have to tape to film that to get him to stick to the wall? Oh, that wasn't a one take. No. <laughs> Just like by the film we just did a few weeks ago, North by Northwest, if you watch this film and you're not from the New York City area, you would think there are zero black people in New York City, which I assure you is not the case. Mickey Rooney was the Brad Pitt of his day. Let that sink in for a second. Eight marriages, including Ava Gardner, before Frank Sinatra filthed her up. Let me pause. I I don't. Yeah. Good for him. Britney Spears couldn't even hold his fake Asian teeth. <laughs> I was trying to get a line in there like, oh, she couldn't hold his dick or he, she's a pimple on his ass. I tried to shoo it in there. That one didn't work. All right, listen, they don't, they're, all, they're all not platinum muff, guys. Let's be honest. Oh, and now she gets tied in with a drug dealer. This just made a hard right into what the hell is going on in here besides the writers are on peyote for inspiration. 
This made about as much sense as the last week's episode, Ioni Sky's dad in Say Anything getting nailed for Medicare fraud. What? This is so silly. The only thing sillier would be if a time portal opened, Doc Brown, Admiral Akbar, and Pram Greer came out and all started having a threesome. Which by the I way, would not, Kev, I would not be able to take my eyes amazing. off that. Yeah, right. Yeah, you made it. You made a great point, and I just have to. I just have to put my lawyer hat on for a sec. They would have never ever let her out of the police station. They would have not given her bail. Yeah. If she was a key witness and going to go state's evidence against a mobster or whatever he was supposed to be, protective custody. they would have, yeah. would, they, she would have been in a cab driving home. Right. She would have been in witness protection somewhere. Horseshit. Anyway, sorry. Go on. The, this entire plot had me saying at least 14 and a half times, who gives a shit? <laughs> I get she's the American gay shit girl, but the free spirit who won't be tied to anything or anyone. I get she create she enjoys creating a vortex for dummies to fall into after falling in love with her and finance her lifestyle. Holly Go Lightly is the watered down James Bond name that fell to the cutting room floor. <laughs> her sister, Labia Major, made it to round two but got snuffed out. Okay. This More like muffed out. Hell, oh, I'll see you for the re-raise all in. This DJ Berman guy, the, the agent, is a guy who tells you what he does for a living every five minutes and promises you he can get you the best deal. <laughs> I'm not even at this party, and I already want to leave. Everyone at this party is an asshole. Is everyone on acid here? <laughs> oh, but this is a 10 out of 10 in white people horseshit category. When Algie Hopper yells timber, no one wanted to catch the drunk ginger. I get it. Gingers have scabies. I don't want to touch them either. <laughs> Last time I checked, which was when I had a shore house, cops don't turn on the sirens when pulling up for a noise complaint. That doesn't Good happen. Good point. They roll up in si As Biggie says, they roll up in silence and violence. Audrey, Hep Audrey Hepburn's hat is almost as annoying, almost as annoying as that woman's hat who was at the Oscars last week. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That joke is about green for another five more minutes before it yeah, goes. Yeah, what the yeah, hell? You better get this episode up quick. <laughs> Minute 40 in and I'm bored to shit. I watched the World Baseball Classic for an inning and a half. Unpause. <laughs> Buddy Epson married Audrey Hepburn when she was 14 and they just skated over this? Who yep. wrote this screenplay? Jeffrey Epstein and Prince Andrew? <laughs> and, and now it's my turn, Kevin Israel. And I said, what about breakfast at Tiffany's? And I said, I think I didn't see a single black person. <laughs> they wrote a song for this film. What 90s band is going to equally waste their time and write a song about the English patient? I dare you. <laughs> my guess is Dishwalla. I'm hitting Natalia with a one, two, three punch combo, Kevin. She's digging this. Yeah. Be Duncan I, like the, Sheik. I don't know. Look, <laughs> that's a good one, too, Duncan Sheik. <laughs> the old guy didn't put up much of a fight after taking a cross-country trek almost when she said to get out. But you know what he could have done? He says, hey, if you don't take me back, you're grounded. <laughs> <laughs> this film is like an, a plane at Newark Airport going nowhere fast. These characters fucking stink george papard and audrey hepburn are smoking so much you'd think they're in the delivery room waiting for a baby to be born 
<laughs> or Walk the Green Mile, which is more fun than this film. Let's bring this baby home in the landing. The plot meandered. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. The plot meandered slower than a DMV worker on shrooms. How are you women putting this film on a goddamn mantle because of the poster? Ooh, iconic. That is a weak-ass reason. The Empress is not wearing clothes, kids. And I'm glad Natalia has the ovaries to say it's overrated. But I am not happy she made me sit through this sandpaper to the <laughs> rectum. Sandpaper to the rectum of a film. This film blows. It's a two, not a zero. But I have no problem with you giving it a zero. People who like this film are dumb <laughs> it is not fun uh is that all love it when we're aligned oh like the that fucking is, was... now that's <laughs> i'm gonna Sorry. send you a tub of preparation h uh, <laughs> a gift bag if you were uh, i love it yeah, there you go. I would just love a four ninety nine refund for my Amazon rental. Thank you. Oh, I watched it on YouTube. Oh man, don't do. Oh, that. you did. Oh, poop. Yeah. All right. Oh, Crit Critics five star reviews. Hepburn's captivating and style defining performance as Holly Golightly cannot be underestimated and gets better with age. <laughs> Barring this is good. Barring the worst racial stereotype ever to disgrace a Hollywood film, this is a richly detailed movie. Richly detailed? In what? Shit? What does that mean? Well, the, the movie... The doesn't make sense. No. Mo no movie looks very good, and you need a heart of stone not to love a cat. Well, guess who has no. hearts of stone? <laughs> this guy and my friend Kevin Israel. Oh Although I felt the cat parkour. I give it credit for that, though. That was pretty badass. That was cool. Fabulous, but lots of drinking and cigarettes. Who wrote this? Nikki Six? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Clutching my pearls. Critics, one-star reviews. It would be ridiculous to pretend that Hepburn doesn't look utterly divine in the iconic little black dress. But the beauty of outcome, excuse me, the beauty of costumes is overshadowed by the presence of Mr. Yunioshi, a horrifically racist caricature. Whatever it is, I just don't see the pizzazz in Holly Golightly's life. Way overrated mishmash of an old school chick flick. Yahtzee. <laughs> Dated, leisurely paced, leisurely my ass. This dragged. Oh, leisurely yeah, paced yeah. romance that doesn't deserve its stellar reputation. And again, I say Yahtzee. Amazon five-star reviews. There is literally nothing likable about Audrey Hepburn's character by the end of the movie. She's simply hot and whimsical, but her whimsicalness is overblown in an attempt to hide her flaws. She's fairly deserving, I think, of now what we call nowadays the, quote, manic pixie dream girl, just a 1965 prototype. If you need further convincing that this movie is outdated, just remind yourself that Mickey Rooney's admittedly extremely hilarious portrayal of an Asian American is simultaneously one of the most racist things you'll ever see. Why am I giving it a five-star review then? Well, because the characters are just so damn relatable. Oh, shut the fuck up. Signed, uh, da signed David Duke. <laughs> George Papara's best performance in his career, excluding the A-team, of course, He's still kind of wooden, but Audrey Hepburn, OMG, she is so fabulous in this movie. Beautiful and endearing. Directed by funny man Blake Edwards, the guy behind the Pink Panther movies. This movie has lots of laughs and tears. No, it doesn't. Nope. 
Mickey Rudy plays an embarrassing, embarrassingly racist Chinaman, but hey, the movie was made in 1961. The soundtrack will blow you away. The empty streets of Manhattan in the early morning after a night of God knows what. I laughed, I cried. Watch this, bitch. You won't regret it. All right, so let me be the uh, lawyer for a second. A, Mickey Rudy's character is Japanese. And B, (laughs) Chinaman is probably on par with calling him an Oriental. <laughs> You're not wrong there. You're Thank you. Wrong. Yeah. Next one, all caps. I love this movie. It never gets old. A true classic. <laughs> Who is shouting from the rooftops about this film? I am Audrey not sh- children's children. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I am not sure why some comments were made as racist. This film acting, Mickey Rooney did a great job. And it is, and is it so bad to be a white male playing the part of a Japanese photographer? Look at the acting. He played the part well. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. Terrible take. What the f- yes. Amazon one-star reviews. I could not get past watching the first scene of a movie where a white actor, Mickey Rooney, plays a Japanese character with exaggerated buck teeth and eyes so squinty that he wakes up, he can't even see the lamps in his room and walks into them. Further contrast to a Ken and Barbie hookup relaying to what American culture defines as attractive versus the Asian as ridiculously grotesque. And you wonder why generations of millions of Americans, young and old, hold on to certain stereotypical and damaging views of Asians as this film continues to be lauded as a classic film if this were portrayal of any other race the scene in film would be banned edited or pulled shame on you amazon for perpetuating this disconnected ignorant and degenerate depiction of asians without any acknowledgement of the racism in the film and what harm it has created for society signed larry flint (laughs) the blowhard at the end like oh really like 60 some years later gonna fault the people for that it's not good look now we know that but Shame on you, Amazon. Okay, that's that's yeah. And nobody's nobody. I mean, other than that one idiot, nobody's right. watching this movie and going, "Oh yeah, that seems like yeah, that's probably Asian people probably like that. That's yeah. good. like th- that was terrible. We all know, but you can't say you. I mean, the movie sucks, but you you can't take one shitty performance and a, a just a bad look from the '60s and say, "Well, nobody should ever watch this again." That's that's insane to me. After watch after writing that review, they jerked off in a ceiling fan to complete the metaphor. <laughs> For a script so hideous to make Audrey Hepburn unlikable is truly a feat. Mickey Rooney, eminently annoying. Best part, the classic cars. Did you write that, Kevin? I, I agree, though. This plot includes excessive smoking and drinking to the point of passing out. Also, the main character was wed at age 13, wrong, 14. She said she was divorced later on. Assumed sugaring the male lead, assumed sugared man also seems to be a kept man by the rich woman. Not sure why the main female character makes money when she visits the bathroom, powder room, on occasion. Supposedly a fee to be paid for her conversation. Maybe she's a paid escort. The two main characters also shoplift for fun. The female leads her... The female lead throws her cat out of the taxi to get rid of it on the streets during a heavy rain. And the main character, Brothers, dies. And sorry to say the male lead, in my opinion, was boring. Also, lots of littering by the characters. Frowny face. I felt icky after watching it. Signed, Captain Planet. Wait, did they say lots of littering? Yes, littering. (laughs) Wow. That... That might be the most ridiculous complaint of a movie I I've really heard like on this podcast. You know, my daughter would write that review if she would watch this because <laughs> she hates litterers. Oh Ke- Kevin Israel, did Natalia Reagan gut the sacred cow? She, yes, she did. Yes. 
you you did. But I will say this: she 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 stabbed it and she got it pretty good. And then you and I came in with our katana blades and cut the thing's fucking head off. <laughs> I think and we I came, that. I think we came in Constructicon style merge <laughs> and just demolish this abysmal. And I'll character. form the head. <laughs> exactly. I I kind of am the person that sort of started twisting the lid off. And by lid, I mean the head. And then you just you 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 you, you ripped it off in great force, and then eviscerated it with your talons. And I love you for it because I can be too gentle, and I almost want to amend my rating because you guys have made me. No, I'm not kidding. Like, what's I, it now? What is it now? This I, is a, this is the first. This has never happened. <laughs> no, no, no. Because like I I feel like sometimes I'm just like I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I'm too fucking nice. I know they're all I'm, dead. Natalia. I'm working. A- <laughs> Everyone who wrote this film is dead. Right. I will. Die. Do you know why I didn't want to do Chasing Amy? Truth, because Kevin Smith is still alive. Okay, barely. No, I'm just kidding. Clerk's Three is very good. I liked it a lot. Uh, <laughs> Natalia, what's what? your new what's your new score then? Three. What? Yes, it dropped because I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm you just dropped three. Because <laughs> well, I looked at my notes points? and I called her an asshole like five times in my notes, but I didn't say it because I just feel like it's speaking ill about the dead. But you know, she didn't write the. She didn't write the. It's the a character. Line. It's you're not saying Audrey Hepburn's an asshole. And no. I and I think it didn't. I did it. It did her dirty because you're right. You, how do you make her unlikable? It's tough because she is very likable. And well, you know, so like, glad to have been here for this. You, thank yeah. you. Well, no, Kevin squared. You helped me see light, and I appreciate that. You know. All right, so everyone, thanks again for coming on, Natalia Reagan. Appreciate you. Thanks for making us watch this turd. And we'll see everyone (laughs) next week. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.